the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Believing the Bible with Scott Lane and Terry Reed of the San Antonio Bible-Based Science Association with today's message of hope in today's troubled world based on biblical truths. We hope that today's program is enlightening and inspirational. Welcome to Believing the Bible. This is Scott Lane, President of the San Antonio Bible-Based Science Association. And I'm Terry Reed, a director at SAPSA. We are here to reassure you that you can believe the Bible from the very first verse. Terry, I know that you use the term Darwinist because of Charles Darwin, and rightly so since he popularized the general theory of evolution from his books. But did you know that the general theory of evolution and materialism are ideas that go back long before Charles Darwin? That is my understanding. Darwin is credited for the idea of natural selection, but the idea that we all evolved from a common ancestor, which came from non-living matter, can be traced back to the Greeks. That, of course, is right. Thales, who lived six centuries before Christ, said that everything came from water. That is interesting. Uh, Genesis 1-2 says, Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. That, of course, is correct. But as far as we know, Thales did not credit God for creation. Who is next on our list? That would be Anaximander. Anaximander believed everything came from an infinite substance, which he and the Greeks called Aperon. Life started in the sea. Men came from fish or fish-like animals, according to them. That certainly sounds a lot like the general theory of evolution which, as we discussed previously, is rooted in philosophical materialism. Exactly. And these Greeks did not know the God of the Bible, although their philosophy could have been influenced by it in the far past. So they were trying to explain things without him. What other Greek philosophers can we talk about? There was also Anaxixmenes, who lived between five and six centuries before Jesus came. Anaxixmenes believed everything came from air. That sounds very much akin to modern scientists who claim that all of the elements came from hydrogen. And then there was Epicurus. Epicurus believed, who lived three centuries before Christ came, he believed the goal in life is to avoid pain. The thought of an afterlife where we would be accountable caused discomfort. <laughs> so Epicurus philosophized that there is not an afterlife simply because he didn't want there to be one. Epicurus believed the gods did not concern themselves with us. Life is just about being as happy as you can be before you die and don't exist. That sounds very much like philosophical materialism, which again we talked about on a previous program. All that exists is the physical or matter and energy. Exactly. And then there was the Roman philosopher Lucretius, who lived the century before Christ came. 
Lucretius was basically an Epicurean. He believed that everything began with the random motion of atoms, although he did not call them such, nor knew what they were. So everything, the world we live in, all of its creatures, the people, everything to include our bodies and our minds are just a result of random motions of atoms. There was no purpose or final cause involved. That has a lot of parallels with the general theory of evolution. The idea that everything evolved as a result of random things happening without any purpose or end goal. And we have Zeno of Sidium, who lived three centuries before Christ came and founded Stoicism. The idea of Stoicism is to be free from our passions. We have heard of the Stoic personalities. That sounds like Mr. Spock on Star Trek. Stoics believe that our pursuit should not be money, fame, or success. Well, that lines up with Christianity. Yeah, but according to Stoics, our happiness comes from an excellent mental state, identified by virtue and reason. This idea of pursuing virtue and reason without being God-centered sounds a lot like secular humanism. And the Stoics believe we should be one with nature. Now that really sounds like secular humanism. It certainly does. Stoics argued that the mind or soul must be something that is a part of our physical body and must obey the laws of physics. It is composed of a breath-like substance called pneuma. The Stoics believe that organizing principle of the cosmos was made of pneuma or a world soul. I do not know that much about world religions, but this rings of Eastern mysticism. And that's very true. But there are some parallels with what the Bible teaches. There is a hierarchical pneumatic activity in this whole theory. Non-living materials such as stones have a low level of pneumatic activity, which holds them together. Plants have a higher level of pneumatic activity. Animals have an even higher level. And people have the highest level. People are, are able to think and reason at a level that, that animals do not. I do see some parallels there with the Bible. The Bible does teach that man is made in God's image and is thus separate from the animals. Stoics did get it right in that man is not just another animal. However, by believing that it is a matter of pneumatic activity, it is a quantitative and not a qualitative difference that they draw. This is more like the Darwinists would say, and they were not sure what to do with the soul after death. They did not believe in heaven or hell. Some believed that the soul would hang around until the divine fire destroyed all matter, another theme that's very reminiscent of the Bible. Others thought that the only the souls of those wise would endure after death. What followed? Well, jumping ahead to the 1600s, we have the philosophers Thomas Hobbes and Benedict de Spinoza, uh, who promoted materialism and denied the Bible as being the revelation of God. They made reason supreme, and of course they were during the age of reason. This undermined the Bible and led to naturalism in the 1700s. Did this have an effect on scientists? Well, of course it did. In the 1700s, geologists that denied the flood and advocated for an old earth included Jean-Elien Guttard, Nicholas Desmarais, and Giovanni Arduino. Comte de Buffon believed the earth came from a collision of the sun and was about 75,000 years old, and Buffon also had an evolutionary view for both the origin of life and the diversification of life. And of course, in the late 1700s, you had James Hutton, 
who developed the idea of uniformitarianism. This was the idea that the earth came into its present form through slow, gradual processes that we see going on today. Then what? In the 1800s, geologists such as William Smith, Georges Cuvier, William Buckland, and Adam Sedgwick all believed the earth was old. They were not necessarily hardcore atheists or philosophical materialists, but they did compromise the Bible and were certainly not committed Christians. And then, of course, we had Charles Lyell. I understand Lyell was very influential. Very much so. Lyell picked up on the uniformitarian ideas of Hutton. He wrote the principles of geology. Lyell convinced people that the world was really old and Noah's flood did not happen. And of course, a man named Charles Darwin had the first volume of Lyell's Principles of Geology when he took a voyage on the HMS Beagle around the planet. So why is it important to know this history? I'm glad you asked that. The first reason it is important to understand that scientists are not a blank slate when they begin their research. They already have biases, and the underlying assumption of the general theory of evolution, as we discussed, is philosophical materialism. And many of the assumptions made have been proven incorrect. The second reason is to have a better understanding of the Bible and know that the battle we face now is not new. In Acts 17, you read that Paul, speaking in Athens at Areopagus, which was on Mars Hill, Paul has received criticism for being too intellectual in his sermon on the Mars Hill. The Bible tells us that Paul did not get a great response. But what people need to understand is that the audience Paul had. Paul was not speaking to people who already had the Hebrew Bible, known as our Old Testament. He was not speaking to people that believed in Moses and the prophets. Verse 18 explicitly tells us he was speaking to Epicurean and Stoic philosophers. They already had their own philosophies that we have just described. So they were a really tough crowd. <laughs> yeah, a really tough crowd. Verse 32 explicitly states that some of them sneered when they heard about the resurrection of the dead. They were completely antagonistic to Christianity. But with all that, the Bible tells us that some believed. So Paul did have a measure of success. This also helps explain another group that Jesus dealt with, the Sadducees. That's right. You read about the Sadducees in Matthew 22 and Acts 23. They were undoubtedly influenced by Greeks' thought as the Greeks and Romans had conquered Palestine. The Sadducees did not believe in the resurrection of the dead, an idea that also they got from the apocryphal writings, not in the Bible. That is why they were sad, you see. Yeah, that's, a, that's an old joke, but a goodie. The important thing is we are not sad because we have hope in the resurrection of Christ as Paul describes in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. You're listening to Believing the Bible. This is Scott Lane with Terry Reed. If you'd like to learn more, go to sabsa.org. That is S-A-B-B-S-A dot org. Were there any other events that led people away from accepting the Bible as truth? Yeah, one real interesting one that is usually not talked about happened in 1492. What interesting event happened then? What, in 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue? Oh, yeah. Well... Interesting thing is up to that point, there was a belief system both by philosophers and by theologians that there were only three races or groups of human beings. Whites or Anglos, Negroids, and Orientals. And they thought that that corresponded with the Bible 
because you saw that Noah had three sons. Mm -hmm. But then Columbus brings back Indians, which are of a completely different supposed race or group, and it fostered a, a lot of distrust from the Bible from that point forward, which allowed Hutton and others later to just say, you know, maybe the Bible's not telling us the absolute truth or the real story, and therefore they really got outside the bounds of the Bible from that point forward. For more information or to schedule a presentation, go to sabsa.org, that is S-A-B-B-S-A dot org, or call 210-599-7240. When you go to our website, you can click on a link to our newsletters. You can also call 210-599-7240 to request having the newsletter emailed to you. Our website also has a link for contact information on which you could order our newsletter. Also go to whyshouldyoubelieve.com. That's whyshouldyoubelieve.com. This is Terry's website containing a blog with articles pertaining to creation science and the problems with materialism. SABSA meets the second Tuesday of each month at 7 p.m. at the Jim's Restaurant on the corner of San Pedro and Ramsey. There you will find biblical apologetics and creation science teaching found nowhere else in Bear County, as well as the availability of hundreds of books and videos on these important subjects. If you missed any part of this show, you can listen to this show anytime by going to the AM630 KSLR website. Click on KSLR Podcast, scroll down until you find Believing the Bible. Please join us again next Saturday for Believing the Bible. I'm Scott Lane, and for Terry Reed, thanks for listening, and we hope you found today a reason to believe the Bible. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.